If you ache for truth, goodness, and beauty, if you're hungry for a Christianity with substance and strength, if you long for a faith that's big and bold and biblical and all about Jesus Christ, if you're inspired by the idea of one church that has spanned 20 centuries, 24 time zones, and two hemispheres, enfolding every race, nation, and language, then you're considering Catholicism. Well, welcome back to the podcast. I'm here once again with Angie Griffith. Now, if you did not listen to the last episode, you must go back and listen to the last episode because Angie is a very special guest. She is a listener. She and I began corresponding with some emails, and she told a fantastic story in the last episode about how she considered Catholicism in her life, how she's entering the church, coming up here on January 7th. We're excited about that. But one of the things that she talked about in that episode was her involvement with something called the New Age. So welcome, Angie. I'm so happy to be back. Yeah. Hello. Well, well, you're not really back. I mean, it's the magic of showbiz. <laughs> we never really left. But by the magic of showbiz, it's, it appears like we're back. So let me set this up just a little bit, and then I want you to explain it for our listeners. But there's this thing that's often called New Age religion, okay? And I'm old as dirt, so I remember it. <laughs> from when I was in high school, even in the <clears throat> late 70s. I like to say that I was in school when the police were still a band. And people are like, you mean Sting was in a band? Yes, he was in a <laughs> band. It's called the police. And I saw them when they were a band. Uh, but back way in, in, in California, where I grew up in the late 70s and the early 80s, you, you really began to have the emergence of this thing that became known as New Age religion. And then I was in campus ministry in places like Boulder, Colorado, that were kind of hotbeds of this. So I remember seeing it from a very early age. But I think a lot of people today, once you start explaining it, are gonna, they're going to know bits and pieces. But let me just kind of tie it together. So New Age religion isn't a religion like Islam or Judaism or Buddhism, that it's like an organized, structured religion. Its roots come out of the 19th, the early 20th century, and you know, I get the history of religions and all this about things, things like theosophy and these other things that were spiritist movements. And so in the 19th century, you had like this huge spiritism movement in Europe and in North America, people doing seances and doing having weird beliefs about energy fields and all this. And over time, what happened is they began to go back and sort of pick and choose bits and pieces of other religions and other philosophies. So a little bit of Egyptian religion and a little bit of Eastern religion and a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And you sort of assembled this Frankenstein monster of bits and pieces of other religions. And one of the things that it became focused on was not only the belief in sort of planes of existence and spirits, but the manifestations of those in it, that their energy concentrations in objects, so crystals, and that there are these like vortex places like Sedona and stuff like that, where supposedly all this, and it's really a strange thing. So, like when I was in high school, one of my best friends in high school went off to MIT, okay, and he gets this like master's PhD at MIT, brilliant like physicist and all that. 
But I remember he came back and we got together like sophomore or junior year during the summer. And he's telling me how he's sleeping under a balsa wood pyramid in his dorm at MIT. And I'm like, dude, you're like one of the smartest engineers that are going to like build rocket ships to Mars and you're sleeping under a balsa wood pyramid. He goes, well, yeah, I know, but it like concentrates the energies. And I'm like, dude, this doesn't even make any sense. Mm-hmm. But these are the kind of bits and pieces of things that become really attractive, even to people who, in some sense, you know, very high IQ and maybe mean well. But where the new age, that term came was in the 60s and the 70s. There was this belief that we are in a new age where the old religions had gone behind us, the age of Aquarius. And in this new age, we were going to see the breakout of all of these sort of spiritist things, the pyramids, the crystals, the this, the that. And really, new age religion just became this sort of cobbled together concierge sort of religion that the only thing that really held it together was the rejection of Judeo-Christian religion. It was consciously a rejection of that and the notion of inventing something new. So I'm going to stop. That's me giving like a history lecture. I'm done. Now, Angie, who actually lived in this a little bit, is going to explain it from her perspective on the inside. (laughs) Well, how do I follow that? I don't know. I'm realizing I know nothing about the new age. For me, I think what I've started to realize is the devil knows we're all looking for answers. And he Hmm. just wants us to find them in any way that is not in the Bible. And he knows that certain people are going to connect with certain answers and it's going to feel good to them. And there's many different options. So for me, I really connected with mediumship the most, like just connecting with my loved ones that had passed. That was very appealing to me. Explain what what a medium is. So a medium is a psychic who they focus on connecting with souls that have passed over. So you would go to a medium to see if your grandmother comes through. For me, I was trying to see if my dad would come through or my grandpa would come through. Um, Those are going to be like in, what do they call them? Like a reading, but also in a seance type of situation. Yeah, I never, here's the thing. I never I never dove as deep as doing a seance or Mm -hmm. I never, I would never touch a Ouija board. I Mm. did have, I had my boundaries, but the devil doesn't care about your boundaries because he'll work through whatever you do access. And so for me, it was this interest in mediumship and also past life regression and just my fascination with what the soul's journey is. Whereas now, obviously, if you look at what the Bible says, we know, like we we die, we're one soul. It happens one time. We go to heaven or hell at some point. But in my made up religion in my head, I was like, I'm probably on my, you know, five thousandth. Li- I used to believe we have mm-hmm. six thousand lives, and our soul is just on this journey of evolving and growing. And a lot of people believe this. So for me, that's how the devil kind of crept in, and I opened that door for him to just lead me as far away from the Bible as he possibly could in a very sneaky way because. I would never say I wasn't a Christian because if you asked me, I would tell you I believed in Jesus, but did I? I didn't really. Okay. Now, for those who go back and listen to the last episode and hear your story, you had grown up at least around the church, right? Like not necessarily practicing Mm -hmm. it, but you at least were culturally identified with the church. But you Mm -hmm. used a a phrase for a second about kind of opening the door. How did that happen for you? Like what was that cracking of that door 
that led you into this stuff? Because that's the thing that strikes me is where's that danger threshold? Like you can talk about like gateway drugs, like you're going to smoke weed and then that's going to lead you before you know it. You're like a heroin addict or something, right? Or whatever. Or like bacon is the gateway meat. Like if you're a vegetarian or a vegan, once you try bacon, I guarantee you before you know, you're going to be going on to harder meats. There's always something that sort of is enticing and, and just appealing enough to get you into it. So what was that like either for you or people? How do they, how do you dabble and find yourself in it? What's that pathway like? For me, it was when I was, as you mentioned, I grew up in the, in the Lutheran church, baptized at age seven, confirmed at age 12, did Sunday school, all the things. But at the same time, my mom was super into psychic mediums and Reiki and past life regression stuff. What's Reiki like, for, for the listeners? Reiki is healing through your hands, basically. Mm-hmm. So like laying hands on someone and healing them, but not in a biblical way. <laughs> so from a young child, I was reading these books and I was connecting with my mom. And that was like our most favorite thing to talk about is this mediumship stuff and connecting with souls that have passed over and what happens with our soul and how many lives are we living and are we coming back together in the next life? Like we would just connect so deep on this spiritual stuff. And that that is what opened the door to everything else. Why um, was that appealing? Because as I said, like we're all searching for answers. And because I had grown up in the church and learning about the Bible, it didn't mean that I, it made sense to me. It didn't make any sense to me. It didn't make sense to me how, for instance, I don't know, perfect example would be like the parting of the Red Sea. I would always be like, that didn't really happen. It's a metaphor. Like I would, everything was a metaphor. And I'm like, why? This was, in my mind, what I thought is the Bible was invented by human beings to keep order. And how stupid am I to believe in that? Whereas now I look at it as, what it is. And it's it's like, wow, how stupid was I not to read it and not to see what it, what it actually says and try to understand it. Because okay, okay. I just kind of wrote it off. So I don't know if you can answer this question, but like I remember way back when I was doing like university ministry and all that. And I would talk to somebody who was seemingly a, a very intelligent, rational individual, right? Like they're getting a master's in chemical engineering Mm -hmm. or something like they clearly have intelligence and rationality and work ethic and all that kind of stuff and figure stuff out in their lives. And they would say to me, I can't accept the Bible because it's full of crazy stuff like parting the Red Sea. But then they would Mm -hmm. go out to the trees in Boulder and stand around the trees and hold hands to suck the tree's life energy. And I'm like, okay, let me get this straight. The parting of the Red Sea doesn't make sense to you, but standing around the pine tree sucking its life energy does make sense to you. So there's there's this weird kind of, I don't know how to explain it, but a kind of a psychology that comes in where it is appealing. And and I and I don't know, I want to hear what you think, because I, I think in some ways it makes it offers simple answers. Like I grasp sucking the life energy of the tree. Also, that benefits me. Mm-hmm. Right to suck the life energy out of the tree, whereas believing in the Israelites walking through the Red Sea doesn't do anything for me. I, I don't know. Am I making any sense? Yes, and and that's exactly it. Is the New Age practices? What I see is it gives you a false sense of control, and you think 
whatever it is that you connect with, you put whatever puzzle pieces you want to fit together in a way that will form this religion that you make up in your head. And that works for you. And you feel like, okay, now I'm in control. And Christianity, you surrender your control. And what I love so much about Christianity is I now finally feel like I don't have to be the one to make anything happen. Like when I surrender my life to God, everything comes so easy. Like I don't even have to try. And then I look back at my life and I'm like, wow, God literally planned this out for me. It it couldn't have been any more perfect. But when I look at the things that I tried to control so much, like for instance, my online business, when I first started that, I wanted to control it. And guess what? Nothing ever worked out because it wasn't what God had. It wasn't God's best for me. And I know God has something even better for me. That's not what I had envisioned. When it comes to the Bible, and like the false sense of control. What I really appreciate is that now, because I'm living my life through what God says we need to be doing, there's no question in my morality anymore. Like I I don't decide what's right. I can just read the Bible. It tells me what's right. And that's how I live my life. So for all of these hard questions we're asking, especially in the world of politics and social issues, in my mind, everything is so clearly laid out in the Bible. And I'm now so confident in what I believe and how I'm going to lead my own life and how I'm going to lead my family when I have my own family, along with one day, hopefully I have a husband. But I'm, I'm now so firmly rooted and so confident in who I am as a person, all because it doesn't matter what I think because I already have access to all the answers. So if you go back in Christian history, back to what the church would have taught a thousand years ago or 1800 years ago, a lot of the things that you're describing were known as magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So this is where you would talk about magicians and sorcerers and stuff and how the early church and the medieval church understood what magic was, is it was trying to manipulate the elements of the world to your ends. So if you want to get rich or you want to have good fortune, here's the spell or here's the incantation. Here's the thing. You go collect these objects and you put them together this way under a full moon. And right. If Mm -hmm. you want to somebody to fall in love with you, then you get this object and this object and then boil and boil, toil and trouble. Eye of newt and all this in a pot. And you say the right magic words and you can, in a sense, manipulate reality Mm -hmm. to your end. And that was always sort of why the church always considered and the church fathers always considered magic to be this sort of illegal thing. It's illegal in the sense of God has a law and God has an order and trying to manipulate that. So if you even go back in the Old Testament and you see Moses in front of Pharaoh and the Pharaoh has his court magicians and the magicians are going to try to do all these magic tricks to try to make things happen. And you just nailed it because the difference between magic and Christian faith is that Christian faith puts God in control. We don't manipulate God. We don't manipulate the earth. We don't manipulate things to force them to our ends. In faith, we learn to trust God and lean into his ends 
right? And so you found that out in a sort of existential way. And I think that's what's super cool. Yeah, exactly. And as I mentioned earlier, I I don't remember if it was this conversation or part one, but I mentioned I have discovered this whole community of former New Agers that have turned to Jesus and they're spreading this message about how dangerous New Age can be. And a lot of the former New Agers were what they would consider themselves to be as white witches, Mm -hmm. where they practice good magic. And what's so interesting is the devil, like he does not, he doesn't care if you, if you think you're doing good or evil, he just wants you away from the Bible. And if you think that what you're doing is white magic and it's good magic, it's still pulling you further away from the word of God, which gets really dangerous. And another thing that I find to be really fascinating is I've, I I learned a lot about Satanism recently Mm. and if if somebody has only heard the word and they haven't really dug into it, they might think that Satanism is people that worship Satan. Mm-hmm. But in real reality, it's actually, they're kind of mocking the whole Christianity thing as a whole. And they don't believe in Satan, but they worship themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of the new age is... I wouldn't necessarily say all new age is Satanism, but I would say it's in that same lane where like everything is about you and your control over your life. And a lot of everyone I know that has practiced new age is such a beautiful human being, but they're just being tricked. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just looking at my phone here because I was going to pull something up. So there was a thing recently, I don't know it's on Instagram or something where this place, uh, I think it was in New Mexico, was offering a satanic prayer for your abortion. Like how to have a satanic, did you see this? It was like a satanic- I I heard about it. Mm -hmm. It was a satanic ritual abortion ceremony. So you could take like an abortion pill, but then it encouraged you to like say these words while you take the abortion pill. And what it came down to, it wasn't like boil and boil, toil and trouble, hail Satan. It was all like, I do this to myself for myself, for my mm-hmm. ultimate self, the trueness to myself and to my own ends. It was just diving into this ultimate selfishness. And in a sense, right, that's what Satan is. And that's where all of the, the sort of masks come off of the white magic and this and this. Because at the end of the day, when you strip it all away, what it comes down to is the same lie that the serpent used on Adam and Eve when he comes to say, did God really say? Did God really say? Yes. Hey, uh-huh. God, God, right? Because God just is jealous. He doesn't want you to pursue your own ends. See, mm-hmm. God told you not to eat the fruit because if you eat the fruit, you'll be like God yourself. And so I just got right, chills. Yeah. And and right. And then what does Jesus say about Satan? He says, Satan was a liar from the beginning. He was always a liar. And from the beginning, the serpent's lie is always the same. Mm-hmm. which is, did God really say to introduce doubt and then to put your own ends, your own goals, your own ambitions, your own self to, to become the object of your own worship? Let's explore a little bit what all of these little practices are like in reality for people. Talk about the crystals, talk about the self-affirmation stuff, the manifestation stuff, and especially how that plays out like in the the whole entertainment industry, the whole sort of entrepreneurial industry, because it's really gotten rooted into that, right? Yeah, it really has. And and 
I will answer that question, but I want to back up because you touched on abortions. And I think a lot, that is like the one thing that Christians really struggle with is like this whole concept of like, okay, am I pro-women's rights to their body or am I pro-life? And for the longest, my whole life, I, I've always been women's body rights. And, and I was very firm in what I believed in that. But since now... Be, it, I, I just say saved again, like, but saved for like real this time that I'm really starting to uncover what everything means and why I believe what I believe. That is the one thing that I just couldn't get past. I would say the biggest thing, not the one thing, but like the the biggest thing I couldn't get past is the whole abortion issue. And if anyone else feels the same, if the listener who's listening to this feels the same, I do want to recommend there's a podcast called Relatable by a woman named Allie Beth Stuckey. And she, this is like her thing, is explaining why she's pro-life. And she has really, really helped me in my journey to understanding that better. And now I'm 100% pro-life. And uh, I just really wanted to recommend that resource. But to answer your question about what new age looks like. I think, especially in the music business, it's cool to be new age. It's the thing to do. I worked for a company that was based in Los Angeles, which is <laughs> very, very new age focused in a lot of ways. And it was just... It, I, I would never talk bad about the company I worked for, so I'm not trying to do that. But just in the music industry in general, it was like the the retreats we would do would be like a meditation sound bath and it would all be like woo-woo spiritual. And it, it really isn't a cool thing to be a Christian in in the music industry. Now that I've I've explored Christianity in the way that I have, I have found that there are Christians actually in the music industry, but they're not as loud as new age in the industry because everyone, especially creatives, whether it's online business, music industry, podcasters, everyone latches on to this hope that if they say enough affirmations, if they write down exactly what they're manifesting into the world, if they have as, as, enough crystals, if they follow their astrology chart enough, like they can make these crazy dreams happen and become the next Taylor Swift. Mm -hmm. And in reality, if that's not God's plan for your life, it's not going to happen no matter how hard right. you try, unless you make a deal with the devil. And that's not great. So yeah, I think it, it is just, it's just this false sense of control. And it's, it's what I, yeah, what I saw in that world, the entertainment industry and the entrepreneurial industry that struck me as really different than other kinds of career paths is so little that is in your control. Yes. Right. So like I worked in publishing for a major big five publisher for a while and we had something like, like the office that I worked in, we had over 1000 unsolicited manuscripts per day. So these are just people out there who like, write a book. Right. <laughs> or, and when I, when I was working in new media, there were people like, they'd make like their demo reel or their demo CD of them doing their video series or something. Right. And, and I'd come in every morning and my secretary would come and dump this giant pile of like DVDs and manuscripts on my desk. And for a while I would just go through them and try to, you know, sort through the slush pile. And you would look at something or watch something for about five seconds and go, nope, 
nope, nope. The crazy thing is, is that some stuff was really, really good, like really quality stuff, but there was no way we were ever going to do it because it won't sell. Mm-hmm. And then there was stuff that was total crap, but we can sell it. Mm-hmm. And so where I'm going with this is that so much of it, it's not about working hard and doing good work. So much of it is luck and timing and a gazillion things. So in that kind of industry where it really does come down to like so little is in your control, so much of it is about luck and timing and Mm -hmm. everything else. You're grasping for solutions. You're grasping to get an edge. You're grasping to to do woo-woo magic. You're looking for ways to sort of cheat the system. Whereas a guy goes out there and starts like a plumbing business and he's going to build his landscaping business. He's just going to go out there and have his nose to the grindstone and like do his job. I'm going to submit that there's not a lot of landscapers or plumbers, electrical contractors out there doing white magic to try to grow their business because they know the way you grow your business is you show up every day and you work hard and you try to do good work. But you go into the entertainment industry publishing industry, online entrepreneurs, man, you're going to be like, hey, let me use some crystals or let me use some manifestation or let me do this or let me use white magic and hope that it works out, right? And mm-hmm. try to cheat the system, cheat the odds. Yeah, I definitely. I see that happening a lot. That's what I did. <laughs> and that's what a lot of my friends are doing too. I mean, I have so many friends that, you know, like I said, creatives, podcasters, musicians. This is their only hope. Like if, if you don't, because they want it so bad yeah. that, I mean, it takes a lot of courage to say, okay, God, I've been working on this podcast for two years. I haven't seen any financial reward from it. I invest so much of my time in it. I don't know if this is what I'm meant to do. Like I'm okay leaving it behind. If if it's not going to work out and I'm just going to be running on this hamster wheel <laughs> trying to chase my dreams as a creative, I would rather not. I would rather just like take the easy path which you will lay out for me perfectly and I know I'm going to be happy because that's what you created me here to do and be and my free will is like thinking that I can create my own path in another way and he's letting me do it, but that's not what I want. Like Yes, it's good to have goals and it's good to work hard and it's good to have structure and because obviously you have to take a step for God to lead you the rest of the way. But there's a balance of not feeling like you, it's it's either your dream or the highway. Because that's how, for me, it just led to a lot of anxiety and I, I was never going to get to where I was going because it wasn't the path that was meant for me. But see, by God's grace and the Holy Spirit and your courage and everything else, you've come to that healthy place. But there's so many people who are not in that healthy place. Because you you said, like a lot of people, this is all they've got. Like they've gambled. They've got debt. They don't have a lot of hopes. They don't know what else they're going to do. And they're really like into this. And I don't care if it's some kind of like online business, if it's the entertainment industry, it's podcasting. They're going to try to become a YouTube influencer or whatever the case may be, they, they've really kind of gambled the family farm on this thing and mm-hmm. they need it and they want it so bad, right? And that's, the, that's where that crack comes for Satan, for the devil, right? To be deceptive, the angel mm-hmm. of light, like you said, it never looks like that. Like if Satan shows up with like a red suit and 
pointy horns and a pitchfork, like you're going to go, whoa, hey, right? But that's not how it's going to look. It's going to look like here's the, you can order for $79.99 my self-improvement package for whatever. You can go to my workshop. You can go down to our retreat and there you'll get affirmation. You'll get the secrets to succeeding, to making it. And that I think becomes the crack because it's what you want so badly. And that's where he's going to come in and say, like he did Adam and Eve as a serpent. Did God really say, do it this way? Because there's a way you can cheat, the way you can get what you want. And I just think it's a, man, it's just such a tremendous thing that appeals to me about your story is that, again, by the Holy Spirit, God's grace, your own wisdom, your own courage, you sort of finally saw through that. But how many people are, are still stuck in it? Exactly. Here's what happened for me is for that first year in trying to manifest my dreams and like me doing it all. Again, I said I was full of anxiety, put myself into a lot of debt, just couldn't pay my bills. Like I was just, it came to this point where I was so drained and so stressed. And I had to get to this breaking point where I was, I'll like cry talking about it. I'm such a crier, by the way, but I was on my knees in my bedroom and I was just bawling and just begging God like to just take over my life because I can't do it. And what happened was I said, God, you have to, you have to help my finances. Like I just hand it to you. Whatever's meant to be will be. And at the time, what I meant was you have to help my business work. (laughs) Like you have to make this business take off. But what ended up happening is I was scrolling on Facebook and I ran across this random Instagram post for this family who was looking for an overnight nanny. And I was like, well, that's a that's actually a great concept because I can sleep because the kids are older. So they do sleep through the night because the parents are two overnight ER physicians. So the kids are older, they sleep through the night. So I was like, technically I could work overnight, but then still work on my business during the day. And they were paying really well. And it just was like one of those things where it's like, I didn't want to be a nanny, but it was such a good opportunity that I couldn't not at least send a message. So what I did was I was like, okay, listen, there's like 500 comments on this post. I know everyone in this Facebook group because it's a whole Facebook group of babysitters. I was like, so many people want this job. All I'm going to do is send a message and give it to God because I did not want to be a nanny. I'm like, I was too good to be a babysitter. I did that in high school. You know what I mean? So I sent the message and then I forgot about it. And by the grace of God, they interviewed me, they hired me. And this family has been such a blessing in my life, not only financially, because it did help me to start pull myself out of debt and pay my bills with income that I could count on that wasn't online business, but just in a way of just relationship. Like I did not realize because I had my head down for that whole year and I wasn't interacting with human beings in the way that we're designed to interact with human beings and the parents, but especially the kids, like just being in community with them and being able to pour into them and to give myself to children, which is what a woman is designed to do, Mm -hmm. brought me so much life Mm -hmm. and just shaped my... It it filled a hole that I didn't realize was there. Mm -hmm. 
And I would have never asked God to bring me a nanny job, but like, look at what he did. And like, I, I did not even know I was missing that, yeah. you know? He knows your needs better than you do. Right, exactly. So catalog for some of our listeners, what some of the elements, you, you've mentioned some of them already, but some of the elements of this new age occult stuff, talk through what all of these parts and pieces are like catalog them because some people may just see these things and not really know what they are or not know that they're dangerous. What's interesting is I wouldn't consider myself an expert in like any of the things. And I think that is what the listener can actually really relate to if you've run across any of this is because you don't have to be an influencer in past life regressions to dabble in a way that the devil can pull you away. Like you can... All he needs you to do is dabble. So I just dabbled loosely in everything. I met with a medium a few times. I met with an angel messenger a few times. And the medium is the one that connects with your loved ones that have passed over. The angel messenger connects with your guardian angels and the archangels and looked into past life regression. So for me, it was there's this past life regressionist, I think is what he's called. I don't know. But uh, on Instagram that I just found to be so fascinating, just talking about the soul's journey through past lives and how many lives the souls are are living. And just really like, I would just scroll his Instagram. And again, it's not like I'm... I had never... I wanted to do a past life regression session, but I had never gotten to that stage yet because they're very expensive. But I was really interested in it. And again, this is like how I was connecting with a lot of my friends. Like we were all interested in this. And my mom, one caveat I need to say, I wish I would have said it in part one too, but my mom, if you if you look at what I've said, it's like, oh, her mom pulled her into this new age stuff. But what's actually fascinating is my mom is on the exact same spiritual journey as me. And it just happened to happen at the same time. So it, it's like exact timing of what's going on in my life. My mom same thing. So it's it's actually really special that like we're now getting to grow in Christ together. That's awesome. Yeah. What, what about some of the objects? So one of the things about Catholicism is Catholicism is rooted in objects, right? Mm-hmm. And I've done episodes where we talk about why that is because God often works through things. I mean, these are the sacraments. He works through the, the bread and the wine and throughout the the scriptures, God works through physical things to affect miracles and but what you have in this world is you having substitute things. There's sort of a, a right desire to believe that things are efficacious and powerful. But what you have, what, crystals and and stuff, there's all of these things. And that's where I think it's dangerous because someone will hang the dream catcher or they'll get the necklace or they'll do the whatever and think that this is essentially harmless. But some of this stuff isn't neutral, right? Yes, and I think... You have probably said this, which is where I got it. Everything I I know I got from <laughs> considering Catholicism, but no, the devil's a copycat. So yeah. what I see is Christianity has exactly like you said, like there is a lot of symbolism in Christianity. And actually as a, a new Catholic, that is something I'm still struggling with because I feel like I, I'm like traumatized by collecting crystals and saging my house and right. whatever, wearing bracelets with with crystals and and. All of the physical objects that you mentioned, I definitely dabbled in. And so when I'm when I moved into Catholicism, I was like, ooh, this feels bad. Certain things like relics feels bad. Mm-hmm. Certain symbols in the Catholic Church just feels very new agey. Mm-hmm. So I have to say that's actually something I'm still continuing to work through. And 
your podcast has been helping me a lot. But what I definitely know to be true is that there are things that are of God. And then the devil just makes his own version of that that's more appealing and makes more sense to people that they can latch on to. I remember at one point I, I used to work in an ad agency and a lot of the creatives in the, well, I was a creative, but a lot of the other creatives were weirdos, right? Uh, no, but, creatives? <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of real weirdos. <laughs> and I remember one time they came into the, like the, the big bullpen where all the creatives worked and this one girl, woman, whatever, she wanted to like <coughs> blow sage around or burn sage around our computers. You know what? I yeah. don't know. So you shoot infuse our Macintoshes with good whatever, right? But I mean, I remember at the time how I thought it was weird because in the church and in the mass, we have incense. Mm-hmm. And so, like you said, it's a, a substitute thing. Like God uses incense, which is represented in scripture, but we substitute this sage. And so it's sort of swapping things out. And that's where I think it becomes dangerous from people because they, they begin to believe that some of these things are harmless. What's wrong with burning a little sage? What's wrong with having this kind of necklace? What's wrong with having this dream catcher? And, and you start going, you got to be really careful about these objects. And another one that you mentioned that, oh boy, I mean, I'm going to have to do a whole episode about this sometime, <laughs> which is the yoga thing. But do, yes. you, you mentioned it, I think in the last episode. You want to say anything about that? Oh, I'm so glad you asked me this because yes, I do want to shout this out. So I listen to, there's a podcast I really love called the Michael Knowles Show. Have you ever listened to Michael Knowles? No, I haven't. He's a conservative commentary podcaster under I've, the Daily Wire. I've seen his I've seen his podcast, but I haven't listened to it. Yeah, yeah, it's fascinating. And he's actually a Catholic, so he okay. another podcast that really has taught me a lot about Catholicism because he'll do listener Q and A's at the end of episodes, mm-hmm. and a lot of listeners write in asking him questions about Catholicism and Christianity. And he's so wise. He was actually an atheist for many years, and then went back to the Catholic Church. And yeah, he's just taught me a lot about marriage, especially because he talks a lot about his marriage and what he recommends to people. But he had an episode with a former yoga instructor who left New Age and was sharing about the dangers of yoga in his podcast. Now, that episode I did find to be fascinating, but it wasn't like mind-blowing. It was just like, oh, that's interesting. But I wanted to learn more about this woman and what she was doing because she had a podcast where she was sharing about all of this new age stuff, burned that podcast to the ground, deleted all the episodes. And now she has a podcast that's called Heaven and Healing. And she shares everything she's learning about Christianity. And it's a really fascinating podcast. So I definitely wanted to shout that out. But yeah, the yoga stuff, if you're interested, I would look up the Heaven and Healing podcast or just look up the Michael Knowles show. There's a great episode with her on it. Yeah. I mean, like stretching is good. Like breathing is good. But yoga is more than just stretching and breathing, right? I mean, yoga is actually a religious practice and it's a religious worldview. And once you start going down that path, you start talking about energy fields in the body and a lot of things that get super, super weird and pull us away. Well, okay. As we kind of wind down, Angie, maybe just kind of two last questions, okay? One is, how has finding Catholicism replaced that other belief system and filled in those gaps for you. And then the second question is, what would you say to anybody out there who they themselves are dabbling with some of this stuff, or maybe they've got a friend or a loved one is who, ha- who is? 
Okay, perfect. So what did I replace the new age stuff with is the new age stuff is so fascinating, right? Like it's so fun to go down these rabbit holes and learn about astrology and learn about numerology and connect with your dead loved ones. Like it's all very fun and fascinating. But what's cool to realize is Catholicism is actually just as fascinating. And like learning about the Bible is actually very fascinating. Like for instance, I listened to a podcast episode. It was a relatable podcast episode recently about dinosaur bones and how that's uncovered in the Bible. And I was just like, wow, that is so interesting. I had never heard that perspective. So it's like stuff like that I'm continuing to uncover. And it's it's still very interesting and fun. But like, I feel like now my energy is directed in a better way. (laughs) Yeah. So that's what I would say to that. And then to people that are dabbling in new age, I would say the devil's biggest trick is trying to convince you that he doesn't exist. And so what I would say is try to uncover like what you believe about the devil existing and the devil being real. And it is a fun path to go down and it's very fascinating. And I think hopefully what'll happen for you is what happened with me is when you learn the devil's real, you're going to start to wonder, well, what does that mean about everything else? Because if the devil's real, angels are real, the Bible's real, Jesus is real. And then the other thing I'll say is it's never too late. So I'm going through all of this now at age 36, whereas I couldn't have had this conversation a year ago because I was still manifesting my dreams a year ago and I was still doing all the new age stuff a year ago. So any everything can flip in an instant. For me, it was in an instant. Like God, I was blind and then I see. I was lost and then I was found. And people don't understand that. I never believed when somebody would say that. I'm like, wow, that's such a dumb thing to say. But it is so true. Like, like God really does it's like until he reveals this to you, you're not going to understand it. So, and for me, like people would try to, my next door neighbors, lovely couple would try to pour into me being like, trying to like bring me to the Lord when I was like practicing all this stuff. And I just didn't want to hear it because I just was like, you guys are just, just nothing's going to work. But what did work, I think is their prayers. Because it's not, I don't think it's our jobs as Christians to, convince everybody. But I think that we do have a place to pray for them and to plant seeds where we can, because we never know how the Holy Spirit can work to make those seeds blossom. And there's this, just to end, so I mentioned The Chosen earlier, which is that show on Amazon Prime about Jesus and the life of his disciples and just really putting a name to a face. And there's a scene in The Chosen where Matthew asks Philip. So so Matthew, I guess when he was younger, he was very smart with numbers and he skipped ahead in school. So he didn't get to learn the Torah along with all the other boys. And so Matthew and Philip are sitting by a tree and Matthew says, can you just, you know, teach me something because I I feel like I'm so far behind and I I wish I would have learned all of this stuff. And Philip responds with saying, you didn't lose any time. It just got rearranged and you're gaining it all back now. And that's how I feel. Like I feel like I didn't lose any time because I feel so informed now and and I learned it all so quickly. And of course, I'm still always going to be continuing to learn and still like developing my relationship with God. And I'm still figuring out what exactly it means to be a follower of Christ. But the reality is it does not matter when it happens. Like it can happen when you're 90 years old and it's just as powerful as if it if you grew up a cradle Catholic. <laughs> Amen. What a great thing to end on. And Angie, once again, I'm so impressed with you. You're 
clearly bright, articulate. God's just going to use you in powerful ways in life, whether that's like visibly online or sort of in the background in your life, in your community and with people. But God's going to do great things in your life. I know that for a fact. And I'm really grateful that you came on. Everybody, we're going to be praying for Angie on January 7. And I'm going to, right here in front of everybody, invite her to come back on the podcast again in the future. Because <laughs> I would love to have you come on after after January 7 and describe for anybody out there who is concerned with autism what that RCA experience was like. Because I think there's people out there, I know I get emails from listeners who are like, I'm thinking about maybe doing this. What's that process like? And I, you're such a great storyteller. I think it'd be really fantastic to have you come on and maybe describe for others what that RCIA process is. And you want to give another plug for your cool parish and pastor? Sure. Shout out Christ the King in Nashville on Belmont Boulevard. Father Dexter. Yeah. And if anyone is interested to learn more, like please connect with me on Instagram yep. or wherever. How do, they, how do they find you on Instagram and give a plug to your podcast as well? Sure. So on Instagram, it's at the Angie Griffith. And then the podcast is called You Get What I'm Saying. And I will say the podcast is not a faith based. Po- right. I mean, it is faith based, but it's not like a Christian podcast, no, but, but I do talk a lot about this. Yeah. You're super interesting and you're going to be super interested <laughs> in that podcast. And so Thank anybody uh, check that out and everyone, thanks for listening as always, please, as, as Angie, as a, a podcast uh, expert can tell us, please rate the podcast, write a review, Apple podcast. Those reviews seem to move the algorithms for search more than anything else. But you can go to our website, consideringcatholicism.com. You can leave a review there. As always, you can send me an email or leave me a message there, consideringcatholicism at gmail.com. Give us a comment. Tell us your story. If there's a question that you want me to answer on the air, send that in. And please prayerfully consider supporting this podcast so it can remain ad-free. It can be a ministry to reach out to people. And uh, Angie... God bless. Thanks for so much for your time. It's just a real encouragement to hear your story. And thank you again so much for having me. It's a dream come true. I feel like I'm meeting a celebrity. I'm, <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm a, I'm a binger of your podcast. So <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thanks. <laughs> yeah, well, we, so we look forward to having you come back on and describe the RCIA process after you finish it. So, okay. Okay. Hey, God bless everybody. Take care. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye.